0: And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sporting Chance Podcast with your host Matt Maratea, talking about Philly sports, more sports, beer, life in general, and whatever the heck else seems to come to mind. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, hey, what do you say, guys? Uh, it's me, Matt Maratea. I'm back again. Uh, Thursday night, just hanging out down here in the lodge at the bar. And welcome to the Sporting Chance podcast. Uh, as I said before in my little introduction, it is a podcast about Philly sports, sports in general, life, uh, sort of whatever it is that you deem. Uh, right now, I'm just hanging out. Uh, I got a little... Beat Bobby Flay on the TV Because frankly I like it when Bobby Flay gets beaten Uh, I don't like him I think he's arrogant Uh, You don't need to put Fresno chilies In everything I mean it's a little bit ridiculous Oh the red and green sauce Oh here comes this one's definitely Bobby's dish Like the judges don't know Which food they're judging In their blind taste test Give me a break Anyway that actually sort of ...sets up the theme for this episode, and that is, uh, sorry, I'm moving around a little bit, uh, pettiness. And I'm feeling a little bit petty in particular about two topics in the general sporting world right now, so those are the ones that I'm going to talk about. Uh, But before I do that, or I guess as I'm doing that, I'm going to crack tonight's beer, which is from Maniunk Brewing Company... Uh, just across the bridge, the place where we drink, as they say, it is the French Toast Crunch Porter. I've been dying to try this beer, and being that today was actually National uh, Cereal Day, uh, I figured <laughs> there would be no better time than to do that. So I bought a four-pack at the uh, Trenos, and mm, that gets a nice, nice pop there. Whoa, oh, you can smell that. It's got that like maple syrupy smell uh, pouring it now. Comes out really, really well. Got a nice head, beautiful caramely color on that one. That is gonna be delicious. Uh, Now it is a porter, so it's a darker style of beer. I'm gonna have to let that warm up. I'm gonna give that just a quick second. Before I actually dive into that one, but I got to tell you, I'm really anxious to do that. I've got that like syrupy smell and hmm, uh, it's like Mrs. Butterworth's almost. But you know it's probably a better syrup than that (laughs) that they used. Uh, That's a hint, folks, if you are (laughs) going to venture into the beer making process, you want to put maple syrup in a beer, use a higher quality, uh, like a grade B, style maple that you can get from vermont or uh, my particular favorite the adirondacks uh, big fan of the maple syrup they got up there so anyway uh, that beer is going to be drinkable very soon hopefully after i finished this rant about one lebron james now lebron as everybody knows last night passed michael jordan for fourth all-time on the nba scoring list fantastic accomplishment you know shows the longevity of his career, Uh, you know, his ability to be a scorer in this league uh, for so long. But LeBron Ramon James Sr. is not the GOAT and will never be the GOAT. And, I mean, frankly, it is just kind of annoying that we have to continue Uh, dealing with this. Now, right now, LeBron is 34 years old. He's been playing in the NBA since he was 18, jumped right out of high school. Jordan, uh, you know, obviously uh, did not uh, jump right from high school. Um, You know, Air Jordan or his airness is He was also one of the best defensive players in the game. Uh, Okay, let me just remind you that he spent three years uh, at North Carolina before jumping uh, into the NBA. He gave up two years of his career uh, in his prime, pretty much, between 93 to 95. And then he gave up uh, a few more productive years when he retired from 98 And didn't come back until 01 with the Washington Wizards. Now, okay, I get that. People will be like, oh, well, you know, the game's played. LeBron's been, you know, had the chance since he was 18. You know, that's not really my issue. And people will point to Jordan's shots and say, well, Jordan shot it a lot more. Yes, he did. Okay. Also, it's one of those things where you sort of have to account for the errors that they played in. Michael Jordan began his career in 1984. Things were different back then. You had the Bad Boy Pistons. You had uh, the Knicks and Ewing. You had you know the Garden being a terrible place to play. The NBA was a lot tougher. Uh, Larry Bird was still out there doing things. Magic Johnson. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a year after the Sixers won their last championship. I mean, Dr. J was still playing. I mean, when you really put it in perspective, there was a ton of great players and great defenders uh, that Jordan had to go up against. Matumbo, Shaq, <laughs> Alonzo Mourning. All of these guys were playing around there. It, the list goes on and on. Bill Lambeer. And it was a completely different NBA. They were brawls. Uh, it was very physical. Uh, you could do sort of anything to a guy as when he was going into the lane. And most importantly, I want to point out, the hand-checking rules played a huge impact in the game of basketball. Uh, They sort of became, the hand-checking rule was sort of axed, or done away with, in the mid-2000s, like 2004 into 2005. And that meant that uh, when a guy was on the perimeter, a defender could not reach out and have a hand on him at all times. Which really opened up the game you see for the smaller players, like the Iversons, for the lane drivers, Kyrie Irvings of the world. But, you know, it does the same thing for LeBron James. He is a massive presence, but even as a small forward, he sort of prefers to hang out on that perimeter, work a dribble drive, or, you know, try to line up his shot like that. He's not really been an interior player. He can be when he chooses to be, but it's a tough game that LeBron does not like to play. So, he is a perimeter guy. And if you can't at least have a hand on the guy who is about 6'9, weighs uh, probably somewhere around 250 pounds, maybe 240, 230 conservatively, he's a beast. That's a genetic freak of a human that you're trying to go up against. Uh, and, you know, also you got to remember Michael Jordan had very good teammates. I mean, he had Ronard. Uh, not Ron Artest, excuse me, uh, who's the other crazy guy? The crazier one, Dennis Rodman. Yeah, you had Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc, uh, Scotty Pippen. I mean, these were all great players in their own right. And, you know, LeBron, sure, he's had D. Wade. He's had Chris Bosh, Kyrie at times. But LeBron has almost always been the guy. For his teams, so there is going to be a discrepancy in the amount that they score and how they scored. People really need to take in the eras uh, into account. LeBron James, frankly, is not the greatest player of all time. He never will be the greatest player of all time. Michael Jordan is always going to be better. Also, let's not forget that Michael Jordan was smaller and played in a much more physical era and the hand-checking rules were completely in effect for the entirety of Jordan's career, as was the increased physicality of the NBA. (sighs) Thank you. Anyway, so, that was my initial rant, and I think this beer is just ready for me to try. The head has sort of fallen down and dissipated. There's a little bit left, and it looks tasty. It's got that nice sort of cream color to it. Mmm. Ooh, that's nice. That is very nice. You can definitely taste that maple syrup. It's got a little bit of a breadiness to it as well that I like a lot. Um, I think that... Ooh, I can't wait to get to the bottom of that glass. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, so, anyway. Some of my uh, other my other rant uh, this week in Deportes is uh, right now sort of aimed at the Los Angeles Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Angels, whatever you want to call them, the Angels in the outfield. Okay, they went and they done snitched to Major League Baseball, and you know what happens to snitches? Snitches get stitches. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So the Angels, uh, basically, they have Mike Trout. You know, Mike Trout, the man that everyone wants. (laughs) Uh, The well-known Phillies, the well-known Philadelphia Eagles fan and uh, best player in the game of baseball Mike Trout. I mean, you just can't say enough about this guy. Uh, I'm looking up some stats right now just to show you how outlandish uh, this dude actually is at uh, the game of baseball. But basically, since uh, I'll sum up the story this way, Bryce Harper has made all sorts of noise since uh, coming to the Phillies. Uh, he is uh, now the highest paid player in baseball with that $330 million tag. Uh, also, because of that, Bryce Harper has taken a relatively low annual salary. Uh, I mean, relatively for, you know, his contract is $25.4 million. And he said he wants the team to be able to bring in other guys. And he mentioned Another guy in about two years that comes off the books, which is of course a reference to Mike Trout. Now that is what Harper said on Saturday last week. On Tuesday, Tuesday, (laughs) he decided not to be subtle. Um, He was on WIP, of course. He was on Angelo's show, or he may have been on. He may have been on the midday show. He said, "If you don't think I'm going to call Mike Trout in 2020 to have him come to Philly, you're crazy." So we all know that Trout's contract expires in 2020. And uh, the Angels went and complained to Major League Baseball about tampering. Uh, Punishment can range from a reprimand to a fine. Uh, Major League Baseball has said they're in the process of gathering information about the context. Um, Now, let me just say this. Um, There is one man in baseball that Bryce Harper follows on Twitter. And that is Mike Trout. I think it's the same for Instagram as well. Also, there is uh, one man that Mike Trout goes on hunting trips with who happens to be a very prominent Philadelphia Eagle, and that was Carson Wentz. Their... Uh, friendship is very well documented over the course of the years so far and you know it's always it's been a lot and more speculation as of late um you know Aaron Judge uh, also did the same thing of talking about Manny Machado uh yes last year they said they've you know been in contact with people and all these types of things but apparently, it was Harper who talked to Trout a lot in the off season, and Trout sort of told him all about Philadelphia and grew up seeing the Phillies, um, you know, that type of thing. You know, Trout celebrated the two thousand eight World Series. I mean, he was at the parade, so it it, it doesn't, you know, it makes a lot. More, it makes a lot of sense that they would have talked. They've been in contact a lot. They're friends. You know, they may, uh, they may even want to go hunting together uh, sometime soon. Hopefully, with Carson in tow. But let's take a look at this. Uh, just scrolling through some of his stats right now. The uh, I think it's a two-time MVP so far. I mean, he should. Oh, uh, the guy has been incredible. Uh, but Mike Trout, uh, last year, hit 312 with 39 home runs, which is insane. He had 79 RBIs, 24 stolen bases, 460 on base percentage. If you want to go through his career totals already through eight years, okay, he, he's got nearly 1,200 hits. He's got 240 home runs. 189 stolen bases I mean that is insane uh he was an all-star he's been an all-star every year since 2012 uh, he's won two mVP awards he's never finished lower than fourth in the mVP uh, since you know 2012 which was his rookie year uh, he's been a silver slugger in every year except for one his most injury shortened year in 2017. it's incredible uh how good he is at the game of baseball he's an incredible fielder as well uh super super athletic the poor guy's only played three games in the postseason which is absurd uh mike trout just needs to be on a good team two-time mvp seven-time all-star two-time all-star game mvp Wilson overall defensive player of the year, six-time silver slugger, (laughs) rookie of the year award. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Bryce Harper is one of the most exciting, without a doubt, and deserves the money that the Phillies threw out to get him. But Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, and Bryce Harper's going to help us get him. And the Angels are just sick and tired because they can't put a good product on the field. And... Trout is constantly asked about coming back home. I mean, if the Angels were any good, it wouldn't be a question. So the Angels need to quit whining and quit complaining about, you know, us being better, frankly. (sighs) Okay, I feel better now. I've been holding that sort of inside. Uh, Also, I'm a little petty about the Sixers, too. Uh, They have not had a good run. I mean, they've been winning, losing, winning, losing, Right now, they're still sitting in fourth half game behind the Indiana Pacers, who are somehow just managing to hold on uh, by the seat, by the skin of their teeth. And I mean, we're looking at a crisis here if we end up having to go against Boston. I don't like our chances. Even so, if we get in the third, well, I mean, that means we get to play the Pistons and we know how much real estate. Joel Embiid owns in Andre Drummond's head. Uh, That would be a fun series to watch, though, because, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Blake Griffin is having kind of a resurgent year, which I am a fan of. I've always liked Blake Griffin, um, even though he used to date Kendall Jenner. Uh, Oh, that would be fun. Kendall Jenner courtside while Blake Griffin... Uh, and Ben Simmons are battling it out. Um, but they still have to make up that half game, and they can't seem to close out bad teams. Uh, as we saw the other night, they blew it against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's the lack of Embiid. But they have to be able to win a game without him. I mean, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons on the floor, that should be enough. Tobias Harris as well. Uh it's really something that's got to it's got to change, because uh, you can't rely totally uh, on him at all times. And uh, actually, I'm just getting some breaking news uh, right now from my good friend uh, Eric Johnson, uh, from Eric and Tim. Uh, at lunch and in class, Uh, both those guys awesome, Uh, and they are good buddies who I often talk de puertes and sports with, Uh, we have fantastic lunches, and uh, you know, just wait until you see either of those guys get a a Boston cream pie in their hands, Uh, things go nuts, but he is, uh, he actually tried to FaceTime me, uh, which is sort of what threw me off, um, But he... Wow, this is crazy. Okay, so he just sent me a report that apparently the Steelers are closing in on a deal to send Antonio Brown to the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, there's uh, some moves have been made today. Case Keenan was traded for a seventh-round pick. And a six uh Keith, Keith Keenan was traded for a sixth round pick along with a seventh rounder. Uh I'm looking for confirmation. Right now it just says the Steelers are closing in on trading. Uh so I don't know if anything is breaking in. Uh, but that would be huge. Um A B with <laughs> the the kid Josh Allen up there, that could be uh pretty incredible uh if that actually happens but nothing is official as of right now not quite breaking but uh if you hear me clicking that means that i am refreshing twitter waiting to see if it does go official uh so we'll see how that goes uh a lot of yeah i I see a lot of uh A.B. is closing in on the Buffalo Bills per uh, Ian Rappaport, uh, who is generally a pretty reliable source. But until I hear it from Schefter, I'm not going to believe it Uh, because, I mean, I mean, it's Schefter. Everybody. Oh, I mean, you got to you got to believe in Schefter. Um, He was the guy that broke the Keenum trade to Washington, too, as well. Uh, and they're splitting the contract swap late round pay. Well, oh, interesting. Anyway, getting back to one of my other talkings about... Uh, I was going through the Flyers schedule as of late. They have not had it good. Uh, they fell on hard times with... Um, that most recent game against the Capitals, and they've been having a bad run of luck with teams getting to overtime and getting those wins in the shootout or overtime. Um, they've dropped down. They are now seven points out of wild-card spot behind Montreal. They're five points behind the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, also still seven points behind Carolina. Uh, Washington is sort of out of the pick, uh Pittsburgh is got 81 points. They're sort of out of the—what uh, uh, is it? The uh, They're out of the wild—they're moving up out of the wildcard picture. They got 81 points now. They should be fine. Washington's 85, tied with the Islanders. Honestly, I think maybe <laughs> the Flyers' best chance is going to be an epic Islanders collapse, uh, which— is coming pretty soon. I mean, I think that's going to be coming straight away, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, because I believe in a hockey karma uh, very, very much so. Um, but, you know, it, it's been a weird ride, and we're seeing some goaltender handling uh, mishaps, perhaps, from Scott Gordon. Um uh, now I sort of get what's he what he's doing, but I mean uh it looks like the Flyers are getting a little bit of help actually with uh San Jose currently beating Montreal uh as of right now. Um they are the only Oh yeah, Pittsburgh uh beat Columbus Uh, today, so the other day, so that was good, Um, so that helps out, I guess, in that respect, Uh, but uh, the Islanders were able to secure a win, uh, and we've got the uh, Flyers have them on Saturday, so that should be interesting, Carolina has Winnipeg, but anyway, getting back to talking about Scott Gordon, Uh, Scott Gordon is a guy who seems... To be willing to let his goalies play through struggles, uh, we saw him leave uh, Brian Elliott in a little too long last game, and we we're seeing him go back to Elliott again, uh, you know straight away uh, for this Saturday game, and I think you know he's a guy that very much believes in you're only as good as your last save. And, you know, if your last game wasn't good, you need to get back on the horse and sort of fight your way through it. Now, I can respect that. I understand that style of logic. But, you know, they have to decide if they are in a playoff race or if they are going uh, to just sort of focus on, I don't know, uh, focus on just playing the young kids and getting people experience here at this uh, end of the season juncture. I mean they've got I think 14 games left so I mean they really need to I mean make some firm decisions and try to get consistent with everything. but I will say uh, you know there's some awesome aspects to the season for sure. we saw Phil Myers uh, get his very first goal. Uh, As a flyer in the last game, Uh, we've seen Giroux continue to get an awful lot of points, which is awesome. Uh, He is all the way up to 72 now in 67 games. Uh, It's a heck of a number. Uh, Sean Couturier is having a great season, 63 points, 27 goals, 36 assists. Uh, Vorchuk having another strong season. He's got 59 points. Uh, Travis Konechny. Has pretty much equaled his output from, or almost equaled his output from last year. He's got a 42 points uh, as opposed to 47 last year. So he's closing in on a career year. Uh, JVR has very much underperformed. Yeah, he had the injury, but hmm. Travis Sanheim, uh, at 29 points, just edging out Shane Gossesbear right now. Uh, for tops defenseman-wise, and he's looking incredible. How he isn't getting power play time is absolutely beyond me. He absolutely deserves it. Oscar Lindblom's having a heck of a breakout year. Nolan Patrick has looked very good at times. Uh, Scott Lawton, blown away his career high in points. (laughs) I guess he had like uh, 22 before this, maybe... Yeah, his career high was 21. He's at 25 now. Tied his career high in goals. Got his career high in assists. So good for him. Um, Ivan Provorov, 24 points. That's good. Uh, I have to respect the hustle that Michael (laughs) Roffel shows. Uh, He missed a pretty significant amount of time with injury. And he's had some struggles. But somehow, he's managed... Uh, to get himself 16 points. I guarantee he's going to have 20 points by the end of this year, and he is going to work his way into like a two-year, $2.5 million a year extension. Um, I think you can count on it. Robert Haig, even though everyone hates him right now because he's not playing too well, still has 16 points. Radko Gutis has got 15. It's a weird, weird year. People are producing and people are not producing at the same time. Uh <laughs> Man, this is one of the most bizarre hockey seasons I've ever seen, but I'm kind of enjoying it in maybe like a sick and twisted kind of way. I don't know. I need to figure this out. I'll drink. Hmm. Well. That hasn't helped me decide anything other than that I'm definitely enjoying this beer. It's got hints of vanilla to it that you can definitely taste in it. I mean, it's open about it. They say right on their can, they talk about uh, the earliest recipes for French toast dated back to the 4th century. Our version, French Toast Crunch, is a modern-day spin on the classic. And a roasty porter brewed with vanilla, cinnamon, and maple syrup with a whisper of lactose for added sweetness. Uh, Yes, they certainly have that lactose you can feel. Just a tad bit of a uh, sweetness to that, um, and I actually I pulled up the sort of tap report. There it says the same thing on the website. The ABV is six percent. Uh, twelve comes undraft. I got the twelve ounce cans though, uh, just for me. It's is thirty, so not overpowering, not too hoppy. Uh, only has. Uh, two Tines of Hops, uh, Summit and Kent Goldings uh, as well. A uh, couple different malts. Two-row Munich chocolate, C40, C75 wheat, and midnight wheat. I'm really enjoying this. You can taste the maple syrup. You get the vanilla and the cinnamon too. And it does have that good uh, roasty quality. I almost, hmm, I almost want more... Of like a toastiness. I get all the sweetness and that's very, very good. And there's a decent amount of breadiness. I just wish there was... I almost wish there was just a little bit more. Maybe, maybe, maybe just a tad. But I'm really, really enjoying this beer. Uh, I think it's very good. This is a breakfast beer. I have always... Uh, always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed uh, a breakfast beer. And I'm pretty much always going to enjoy breakfast beers. Um, And that's one of the awesome things about working at Zed's. Uh, We have our breakfast series. This is sort of like our maple waffle ale. Uh, But obviously, that's an ale. This is a porter. Uh, But it does have that sort of maple syrup sweetness to it. This one, I think, tends to lean a little more syrupy, which I, I mean, I like that about it. I love syrup. I mean, I put it on nearly anything. Syrup is fantastic. I'm, I mean, I'm not Buddy the Elf about syrup, but this is really, really good. If I'm sort of rating it on that kind of untapped scale, um, then I would have to give it a pretty high high rating. I mean it's one of the once you start drinking it, you almost don't want to stop drinking it. But also you want to be able to savor it. Uh looking it up right now, uh it's got an average of uh Three and a three point six six on Untapped, uh, probably pretty well deserved. I mean, it's got uh, close to five thousand ratings. It's awesome uh, and nearly two hundred ratings this month as well. Uh, and it's one of you almost can't stop smelling it, or at least that's what I'm finding. So, sort of on the untapped scale, I would probably rate this one uh, like a four five, maybe drop it down to like a four three, uh, depending. But that is really really good. So, uh, if you're looking for a porter and you're coming a little bit late to National Serial Day, I would definitely suggest this one. Uh, sorry that I got a little long there at the end, but. You know, I want to give you guys the best review that I can of these beers. you know, I think that you deserve that as my listeners. Uh, so I've got to taste it. you know what can I say? Uh, it's a hard life to live, but it's the one that uh, I do. So anyway, uh, if you want to uh, hang out with me, uh, visit Zed's beer. I'm always there uh, working a lot. Uh, I will be in Saturday night, so we can hang out there. That should be fun. Uh, if you want to connect with me on social media, uh, the Sport Chance Pod across all platforms, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, mmaratea22, M-A-R-A-T-E-A-22 on Twitter, uh, M-M-A-R-A-T-E-A-7-7, uh, M-M-A-R-A-T-E-A-77 on Instagram. Um Always looking for followers, contributors, uh, comments, reviews, ratings. uh, Leave those definitely on iTunes, uh, most likely. That helps with the algorithm and whatnot, uh, especially if it's five stars, uh, though I'm not going to beg for it. Uh, Anyway, thank you guys for listening. I'll be back again uh, with another edition of the Sporting Chance Podcast. Have a good one.